Victory Podcast. It has not been pretty all season, but who said it was going to be? All that matters is that the AFC South champions reside in the 615. Welcome into another episode of the Second and Victory Podcast. My name is Austin Nelson. Um, before we get started, stop what you're doing, pause the podcast, and go follow us on Twitter at Second and Victory. Uh, we would appreciate your support. A lot of good stuff on there that we love to tweet out. Um, make sure you follow us, uh, subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Rate and uh, make sure you subscribe and, and uh, you can get our podcast there. Um, without further ado, I want to introduce my co-hosts, uh, Mr. Brett Batchelor and Mr. Chris Carter. Guys, Happy New Year to you. What's up? Happy Can't New Year. Any better. Can't feel any better. Talk about a great start to 2021, Division Man. Champions. For the first time, so we were just talking about it before we, we hopped on the podcast. Brett, you were how old were you when the last time the Titans were the division champs? 12 years old, sixth grade, Columbia Elementary School. <laughs> Elementary school. I was eighth grade, Stewart's Creek Middle School. I was, uh, I think, 14. Yeah, 14. Chris? So, I was 20. He was at gyms, just well in a big old gyms well, drink. I wasn't at gyms at 20. <laughs> no legal, no legal activity going on there. Whatever, I don't believe that one bit. Shout out, Jims. Um, but yeah, guys, I mean, we talked about if you go back and start a podcast before the year, I know we were all just dead set on the Titans, you know, winning the AFC South. We thought that it, it could be this year for probably a lot of different reasons than what actually happened this year. Um, we probably thought that the defense would be a lot better than what it was. We probably thought Kevin Byard would lead the league in interceptions. We probably thought Jeffrey Simmons would be a pro bowler. We probably thought Rashawn Evans would have 100 tackles. We probably thought a lot of things that actually did not happen. But we also, Not 100 flags. Yeah, we probably also got, no kidding, personal fouls. But we also probably didn't think that the Titans' offense would probably be one of the best in the league. Um, and we probably didn't think Derrick Henry would have 2,000 yards. Um, so just a lot of unknowns before the year, but that's the whole point of it. Um, but just looking back guys, before we kind of talk about the, uh, the Texans game, what was your favorite part this season? Your favorite highlight, favorite game? Oh man, what a great Good question. question. I know. That's a great question. Um, yeah, it, you can say the Texans game if you want to. There's so many I, good things happen there. Can I be? Can I? Can I say multiple moments in the fact of seeing Tannehill rear back and knowing that it's going more than 15 yards plus in the air down the down the field? Like honestly, like 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 in the Detroit game when I was sitting there when Corey cut across the middle and I start to see him cut back out towards the sideline. It's like holy cow, this ball is going like deep. Like, this, nothing that we ever saw before this year. That's the best offense that we've seen since the Titans have been in Nashville. So I think my favorite part is any big playability. The, the flea flicker that, that they threw to A.J. Brown in Jacksonville. Corey Davis that went way down the field. Derek, 94 yards in the first home game against, against Houston. And then traveling right down the field against Houston in overtime because Deshaun Watson knew the Titans were going to score because if you remember – as soon as the Titans won the coin toss, Deshaun Watson got all upset and started to walk off the field because Titans' offense was so good. So, I, honestly, my favorite part of this past season was the big playability from the offense that we saw almost every single game. Yeah, I agree. Uh, those the, the big plays are always hard hard to to not be. You know, one of the favorites. Uh, 
Specifically, I'm going to say uh, the AJ catch uh, with 18 seconds left in that Texans game. Um, I think that was possibly one of the best catches in Titans history. Um, it was it was a brilliant throw, uh, one of the cleanest throws you'll ever see a quarterback make, uh, and it was perfectly placed just for AJ Brown, no one else. Um, and for and for him to, you know, in in context, AJ's been going through a lot with injuries. We know um, he comes up gimpy. I think you know multiple times a game uh, lately, and and that ankle it seems like is really giving him problems. But uh, the other day uh, in in his press conference, he said something along the lines of, uh, I'll hurt when we're done. Uh, and, and that's just the, that mindset that AJ Brown has, that dude is going to be one of the best wide receivers in the league, uh, hands down. Uh, yeah. he might already be. Um, but th- that catch will, uh, that, that catch I'll be thinking about 10, 20 years from now. I think another play that I don't want to say it saved the season, but it was a non-divisional game that probably won the Titans of the division because you're in Baltimore. And you've had such a back-and-forth game. Baltimore really yeah. desperately needs a win. The Titans had lost a couple games. Both teams really needed a win. And the absolute physicality that you saw from A.J. Brown in that, in that fourth-quarter score on that little pass on that third-down play right across the middle, to yeah. see him break so many tackles and then to somehow still score to help the game get in overtime, which the Titans eventually won, you could, you could argue that that play kind of saved the season and helped the Titans win the AFC South to a degree. There's so many highlights this season. It was such a fun season, um, and it's not over yet by any means. You know, I think think another one I do want to point out, ironically, also against the Texans, but the the game earlier in the season, and it's because he's he's our our team MVP, and and this is not an aspect of his game we usually see, but uh, the the 52-yard screen pass to Derek in overtime, Yeah, uh, that was huge. And, you know, that, that was a game that was right down to the wire. Um, and, and for him to do something that he doesn't normally do and, and, and catch a screen pass and take it like that, uh, that was a huge moment in the season, I think, as well. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Was that a third down play, too? Yeah, I believe it was. I think you're right. If I can check real quick. I think, too, one of the best things that we saw was – Second down. The second down. I think one of the best things, too, is – you can I, you can probably call it a resurgence of Ryan Tannehill in his career, and I think what like obviously we knew how good he was what like this season, but what really sold it too was back in November, the throw that he made to ironically AJ again, the throw that he made to AJ when AJ's running up the left sideline uh, right in front of the Titans bench in almost double coverage, and it <clears throat> it wasn't even a lob, it was almost like a bullet, but from like forty five yards that just seemed right into AJ's hands that it, it showed. The connection that it, the how well everybody gets along on this offense when it comes to AJ and Corey and John will be in such a threat in the red zone, like you said, Austin. So it's not often that we've been able to talk about saying, "Look at all these moments the Titans have had on offense in the past." And honestly, it feels good to say that. Yeah, um, looking back at the 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 record, the scores this year. I mean, the Titans scored thirty plus points in nine games, um, forty points in five games. It's ridiculous. In five games. Think about that. Yeah. I mean, the, the Titans put up some big points this year in and, and, and consecutive weeks. Yeah. I believe I saw – I, I think it was um, – I forget his name. He's the uh, the Vegas bet guy that 
Todd Furman. I think yep. it was Todd Furman tweeted today that the Titans had the highest uh, yardage uh, in in franchise history and the second highest point total in in franchise history on offense. Uh, that's pretty awesome. I mean, this is this is an offense that we've never seen. Uh, you know, in, in, in Tennessee especially. No, so not even close. You, I mean, you, you'd have to say this is the best offense in franchise history. Easy. Uh, for sure. 100%. You know, you got to love the early 2000 days, but the, 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 they didn't do what this Titans offense did. Is that, is that weird for y'all to think of it like that? Like, like we're sitting, is it weird for y'all to see and think, okay, we're witnessing the greatest offense in organizational history? Yes and no, just because it is, it's hard to believe. Um, it's happening right before our eyes, but no, because it is such a different offense in the NFL today than it was back then. Um, I don't think – I really don't think – you know, do you all think Steve can do the play action that Tannehill does? Can Steve run the uh, read option like Tannehill does in the, you know, the red zone? Could he take that 46-yarder to the house in Green Bay like Tannehill did? I don't know. Can he? It's a hypothetical. But um, I think Tannehill is the perfect quarterback for this system. And um, and the, the other note that Todd Furman shared that I couldn't remember, I just found the tweet, but – uh, we became the first team in NFL history with a 2,000-yard rusher and a 3,500-yard passer in the same season. Yeah, it's lethal. It's so lethal. We talked about it before the season too. We mentioned all of the the weapons that were on the offense, and before the season started, we asked each other if we thought the offense could pan out with all the weapons, and they obviously did because we mm-hmm. said, "UK, you got AJ and." Corey and Hump didn't pan out this season because he got hurt a couple of times, but then you got John and Ferk and Pruitt and Evans when he was healthy. We talked about, will this offense pan out with all the weapons? And it obviously did. And, you know, it's, it's really worth noting that it only panned out because of what John Robinson's been able to, to do in finding depth, uh, especially on offense, you know, a, a team that's down to their third, uh, left tackle of the season shouldn't be playing as well in pass protection and run blocking as as the Titans were, um, but because of of what John Robinson has been able to find and guys like David Kessenberry and and even the tight end depth with uh, you know Michael Pruitt and and Jeff Swaim who came on this year uh, th- that speaks volumes uh, of the roster build um, and and the 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 stability that this team was able to have on offense was due to. Uh, having quality players in depth to be able to fill those those roles when somebody so went out. Swain turned out to be a fantastic signing on, I think at least because when he first when we first signed him, I was like, okay, well, this is kind of a depth guy. He might go back and forth between the actors and act. Swain turned out to be a fantastic guy, especially yeah. when some of the other guys were down. Pruitt was down, or if Johnny was banged up a little bit, I thought Swain was fantastic for the role that he was signed to be in. I don't. I don't know if you guys feel this way like I do, but um, you know there was there was a lot of talk in the off season about how it was stupid, uh, especially outside of the fan base, but how it was stupid to sign Tannehill and Derek to to contracts uh, the way the Titans did, and uh, I, it feels like vindication. Jeff Schwartz was all over bit. that, and it feels like vindication a little bit as a Titans fan. Uh, I even bookmarked one tweet. I'm not going to read the guy's name because I don't want to give him any credit, but. He said, uh, kudos, Titans, job well done, overpay an average quarterback, overpay a running back, worst uniform logo combination from the NFL, AFC runner-up to last place in 2020, Steelers fans, don't worry, Tennessee isn't a threat. I thought I thought it was the guy from Pittsburgh that you were talking about. I know exactly who you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to say his name. 
Um, <laughs> but but AFC runner up to last place in 2020 yeah. is was his. And let's his let's prediction. calm down on the the logo uniform combination because Titans have some of the most fire uniforms yes. in the league. They do. Yep. They do. That's and stupid. and I think one of the best secondary logos in the NFL. You can say what you want about the Comet logo, but that sword logo is clean. Fire. And dude, I'm telling you, back when when we the whole uniform thing went down, I was hoping that was on the helmet. Um, same. Yeah, I so. didn't expect Navy helmets, but I, I love the Navy helmets. Navy helmet. I, I, I literally could never go back to what the 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 white helmet is. Like the, the navies are fire. So good. Uh, I don't know if y'all ever experienced this, but like if you're shopping on Amazon, sometimes it'll be like, who will win this matchup? And it's always like, yes, I, the team, the Titans, and they yes. still have the old Titans logo. And uh-huh. it makes me cringe every time. I hate when. when uh, you look at Austin. <laughs> hey, dog. For all the listeners out there, That's Austin sick. Austin just put on his Titans helmet. Navy Titans helmet, yeah, bro. His new one. That's um, sick. Yeah, just sit up in the man cave. But oh, yeah. um, see, there goes Chris. He's got his not too. I'll go. just hold mine. Yeah, I'll just I'll just point to my flags and so <laughs> I don't have a helmet with me. Um, but I think um, you want to talk about the Texans game when it. I, so I I was in the airport. I was coming back from from Colorado, mm-hmm. and I literally, um, you know. The Broncos played at home that day, so all the air, airport TVs were Broncos Raiders. So I knew that I had to watch the game on my phone, and I tried to stream it, um, and I did stream it. But the stream was four plays behind the actual game. I was like, I can't do that. I, I have to watch it live. I have to listen to it live or something. So, like, it would be, like, 39, and it would be a commercial on my phone. I'm like, okay, this is stupid. I can't do this. So I pulled up the 104.5 app, and I listened to the game, Mike and Mac. And which is awesome. I, t- I said I told you that earlier this season. I listened to them for the Steelers game, and it's just you, mm-hmm. it's a different feel for the game. You don't get to watch it; you just get to listen to them and hear their takes and uh, their voice. So that was cool. Um, and I was keeping up on my phone too. So I had to listen to the entire game. When it was twenty-four to nine, I was like, "All right, here we go. That's it. Titans are going to win this game convincingly. Go ahead and just you know make it an easy flight home." Well, that didn't happen. Uh, did y'all know Deshaun Watson led the league in fourth uh, second half touchdowns? Well, he's an MVP candidate with a with a competent offense. A doubt, bro. The Titans got very lucky. The Texans weren't good this year because it would have been three, yes. three, three. You know, headed monster at the at the AFC uh, South um, competition. But dude, um, and it and it very well could be a four headed monster starting next year or the year after we'll, that. We'll you talk know? about that later. Good God, I'm, yeah. I'm not ready for that. <laughs> Because um, honestly, the Jags roster is not—it's not great, but it's not awful. They got, they it's kind—it's kind of like—it's kind of like what the Colts were a couple years ago. They got a lot of wiggle room, man. Um, yeah. So we'll talk about that in February after the Super Bowl, though. Exactly, hundred percent. So the fair part was Sam the Show Slovin getting that big steel boot toe, out, steel toe slow as dog, uh, and <laughs> and uh, put one through. I think my favorite part about the game now is uh, how. Like nobody on the Titans knew who Sam Sloman was Mm-mm. that week. He just kind of got on the plane with him and said, "Hey, you're our kicker this week." And uh, the kick looked good at first, and then it, you know it tails off and doinks I, I, off the. I think the entire state of Tennessee froze for at least five seconds. You know, like, and I think, everybody's I think all stopped, of us, everybody froze. I, you know, everybody keeps talking about uh, Derek's reaction to that, but I think yeah. all of us were probably Brett Kern in that moment. He just kind of goes, hands on his head, 
and just stands there. And Sam Sloman's like running away celebrating, and, <laughs> and Brett's just like still standing. He might still be standing there for all we know. Yeah. Uh, it, it was a it was a very anxiety inducing kick, I would say. And what's wild too is Sam Sloman said that's the first game winning kick he's ever attempted. Ever not high school, yeah. not college, nothing. This was the that's first crazy one to think about. So I mean, you would um, think being, I mean, it's not, and it's not like he played it like he played it in Miami of Ohio. I mean, it's not like he played it. Yeah, Southeast, they were definitely playing close Florida games. Tech, so I mean, yeah. exactly. Mac, so Mac, action, baby. But yeah, uh, just guys. I, th- I mean, I'm just I'm happy for all of us Titans fans, dude. It finally happened for the first time in, in what 12 years that the Titans finally get a division title. Long time coming. Can we say for a second? I don't know why we haven't mentioned this yet. Well, how about? The first throw with 18 seconds left in the game from Tannehill to AJ Brown, dude, a that was missile. unbelievable. A missile. I mean, you dropped that in the perfect spot and right over his shoulder. I mean, Tannehill, that, man, he, oh nobody, nobody's gosh. gonna give him credit for it, but Tannehill is one of the best deep balls in the game. Oh my gosh, without a doubt. Yeah, somebody on the radio, I can't remember who it was, pointed out made a really good point about uh, what happened after that that throw. Uh, Titans went down uh, and ran another play. Yeah. And, and Derek got four more yards. And had he yep. not got those four yards, Sloman's kick is not going through. It's doinking off the right edge of the of the post. It, I don't um, even think it's making it. I don't yeah, think it's, 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 it's going. It's, it's going, going past right. it. Uh, so those those extra four yards from Derek there were massive. Remind me, did uh, did uh, Houston take a timeout? Did they ice him? They did. Yes, they did. Mm-hmm. And he made he that. He kicked it and made it. He made down that the middle. Right. Yeah. Oh, dude, just, it was good to have some luck on our side for, for once. Um, in yeah, a considering the luck that Houston gave us a couple years ago against Cincinnati it, to yeah, kick us out of the playoffs. Randy Bullock, man. <laughs> never, I, I'll never forget. I'll I never forget that. Because that was a, that was Christmas Eve or Christmas night, I believe. Yep. And I never yep. forget. I was like, yo, Randy Bullock, you're never invited to Nashville. <laughs> um, so, things that happened in that game, uh, obviously – the best running back in football got 2,000 yards. One of the eight running backs um, to ever have 2,000 yards, and, and and you can call him the fifth best running back ever because it had the best fifth best um, single season for a running back ever. So um, he also is officially the second player in NFL history to have 2,000 yards and 15 plus touchdowns. That's crazy. And I think that is the I think it's the most slept on. 2,000 yard season of all time. It's hard to disagree on that. No one's really talking about it. Nobody talked about it. It's easily, I think, I think it's easily the most slept on 2,000 yard season. Do you think so, Austin? It's the most slept on 2,000 yard season of all time. Nobody's talking about Derek in 2,000. Because he plays for the Titans. It was Ezekiel Elliott or Christian McCaffrey. They would, he'd be on the front page of Time Magazine right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, when it comes down to it, I mean, Derek Derek has had some insane records. Yeah, uh, and he, and he's, he's not he's not that he's, that, he's not that he's not that media guy that he stands out when in press conferences or anything either. Right. I don't know if you guys saw my tweet um, yesterday, but um, this is from uh, Frank Schwab of Yahoo Sports. Derek Henry's 2027 yards this season ranks fifth all time over Henry's last 38 games, including playoffs. Henry has 48. 4,898 yards and 42 touchdowns. That's 128.9 rushing yards per game over a long stretch. To put that in perspective, Jim Brown holds NFL record for rushing yards per game at 104.3, and nobody else is over 100. 
So it's 38 games. He has more rushing yards per game than Jim Brown. It's un- and Jim Brown's considered one of the all-time greats. And I think what's crazy too is like even during the broadcast, like Greg Gumble, who I think is a fantastic commentator, it took him and I forget who he was commentating with. Um, uh, Rich Gannon? Yes, thank you. It, it took both of them like at least 10 seconds after Derek's run to even acknowledge the fact. Well, not even that. that the most yards. subtle, very, you know, soft-spoken, hey, Derek Henry's got 2,000 yards. Small yeah. graph. Hey, I think it was, I think it was Rich that was like, and, and that run puts him over 2,000. Like, no let's energy talk about to it Deshaun Watson more, please. Right. Just very, very I mean, stupid. They didn't even mention Derek. Uh, I didn't see anything on SVP. I didn't see anything on top 10. It they I very heard very very little of it. You're it, um, Austin. You're you're talking about some crazy numbers. I want to share another one. Uh, this is this is speaks volumes about what Derek's done the last two years. Uh, PFF Fantasy Football shared this. Uh, the most rushing yards since 2019 regular season only. So this doesn't even account for the yards Derek had in the playoffs last year. Derek Henry number one with 3,566. Derrick Henry after contact, number two, with 2,758. <laughs> Dalvin Cook, number three, with 2,692. That's unbelievable. Yeah, we're, I mean, we're watching the future Hall of Famer, boys. And he's, I, like, he's, and he's, on, he's on our favorite team. I think so. so. Do, y'all, do, y'all, do y'all think when his career is all said and done, do you think you rank him above Eddie? I already do. I said, it, last, I said it on the last episode. I think he's the best running back already in, in Titans history. Chris wanted to have that talk. Um, I think we should do it after the season. But, I, yeah. I, yeah, Chris, I remember you saying that, Chris. You want to have that talk about it. Um, and I think we should still wait because we got a lot more to get to in this one. Hey, the Titans, the Titans do have probably the best, the two best uh, after-contact guys with Derek and AJ. I think, yeah. Oh, easily. Yeah. And the best, yeah. best after-contact tight end outside of George Kittle. Yeah. And John. So. And even Delaney was fantastic about that. So, I, it kind of makes me wonder if Delaney – when he was still here with Johnu, I, I guarantee that Johnu took so much in from Delaney, for sure. For sure. Because I, because I, we've all said I put Delaney above of uh, Wycheck as the best tight end in Titans history. So, for Johnu to learn from somebody like that, it's probably why he's such a threat in the red zone too. So, with that, Derek with being over thousand yards, any other season most likely he is a he's the MVP. Um, this season, Aaron Rodgers has played out of his mind, which I'm very happy for him because I'm a big Rodgers guy. And when they did got him no help this offseason, I think that just added more fuel to the fire for him. Um, they go out and draft a quarterback in the first first round. That's more fuel to the fire. Then they go and draft a running back, more fuel to the fire. They give him no rod receivers. Just, just a huge mess in Green Bay um, before the year started. But Aaron being Aaron, they go out and have, you know, the number one seed in the NFC and have another bomb year. So um, Aaron is, is most likely gonna, going to win MVP, but then you have guys like Patrick Mahomes who had another great year. Josh Allen, who tore it up the second half of the season. Um, Deshaun. I mean, Deshaun, Deshaun had MVP numbers. Sure, just the, the record sucked, and that's you know not right. all his fault. But um, looking at it, and you guys be, be, be real here, be honest, do you think Derek um, – should should legitimately be the MVP, um, or is this? Could you see a co MVP kind of thing with Rogers, like you saw yeah. with McNair and Peyton? So Austin, I, I retweeted one of your tweets with some stats the other day. Um, as I mentioned earlier, Derek's the second running back in NFL history to have 
2,000 rushing yards and 15-plus touchdowns in one season. Uh, that was alongside Terrell Davis uh, in 1998. That season, Terrell Davis was MVP and Offensive Player of the Year. Um, the last running back to hit 2,000 yards was Adrian Peterson in 2012. Uh, he had 2,000, I think, 2,097, something like that, or 2,070-something, something like that, uh, and 12 touchdowns, and he won the MVP. Um Derek, Derek's accomplishments this season are, are unfathomable uh, in the grand scheme of things. I mean, he's he's the first player in NFL history to go 200 yards in three straight games against one opponent. Uh, he's he's just he's accomplished so much. Uh, he almost matched Barry Sanders' record of uh, straight road games with 100 yards. Um, he's I I think Derek should be 100% the MVP this season. Uh, I think at worst it should be a co-MVP situation with him and Aaron Rodgers. Bro, that's – man, that's – the thing is, is, like, I want to say it, but, like, I just, I just don't see it happening. That's that's the yeah. thing. Like, if anything, I think it, it would be a co-MVP between, between Aaron and Derek for sure. Because especially after you just named off all those stats, Chris, I just – like we're talking about the 2,000 yards and, and how nobody mentioned it. If they're not talking about that, then I don't see how he's going to win MVP. But I, I definitely the, – the case is there. The case for Derrick Henry to be MVP is there. And if not MVP, co-MVP. And Stephen A. Smith did his, did his A-list on first take the other day, and he had five was Stephon Diggs, four was Josh Allen, three was Derrick, two – was Patrick Mahomes and one was Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And one, two, three, you can make the case for any of them really. But I mean, man, you rush for over two thousand yards and you don't even get mentioned. I mean I that's think my argument my argument against against Rodgers and for Derek is that Derek's doing things that no other running back has done. Uh or or at worst one other running back has done. In in a league where, you know, we hold Barry Sanders as the best run or the possibly the best player in NFL history, you know. We talk about some of these players as, as uh, you know, on these pedestals, and Derek is doing things that they didn't even do, right? And and what Rodgers has done this season is incredible, but it's been done before. You know what I mean? Like Peyton, yeah. Peyton had better numbers than this in 2013. Mahomes had better numbers than this last year. And, Chris, it's going to happen again down the road. Somebody's going to have better numbers than that year, for years to come. Right. It's just going to happen. It's a passing league now. And and I think if Rodgers wins, it it just it further solidifies the fact that the MVP is is only going to be won by quarterbacks from now on. It's it's a quarterback award. I agree. All right. So here's here's my stance on it. I I, I think I'm with Brett. It's it's just not going to happen as much as we want it to. I think it's it, it it's everybody's Rodgers, Rodgers, Rodgers. Um, odds makers are Rodgers, Rodgers, Rodgers. And um, I would be happy with Derek getting second. I think that would make me happy. I just think – I think Rodgers um, had a better season. Um, the, you know, the, I think the record matters. The, the Packers had a better season than the Titans. I think uh, – and, Chris, I know you agree with me here. I mean, he had a phenomenal season. Like, Rodgers' numbers are, are incredible. Yeah, they're um, awesome. Yeah, they're incredible. So and – And he did it with a bunch of receivers that – most quarterbacks wouldn't make look nearly as good as Rodgers has made them look. Correct. But on the, on the end of that, you know, Derek, if you guys look, I, I love this right now. Uh, ESPN, uh, Fox Sports, Colin Cowherd, anybody like that you watched on TV, you'll see like their whole like playoff um, advertisements. And it's like 
quarterback, 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 quarterback for the NFC, AFC, quarterback, quarterback, Derrick Henry, quarterback, quarterback. Like that's who they think we are is Derrick Henry. That's who, that's who fuels us. And it's, it, we know that it's not. Um, but just, it, he's not going to win MVP, but he's going to win offensive player of the year. Uh, they'll give that to him um, because he's going to be in the MVP conversation. Devontae Adams has a shot to win offensive player of the year, but he's not in the MVP conversation. So I think with that, Derrick is immediately the offensive player of the year. Um, but in a passing league, Derek, what Derek's done is, is, like you say, Chris, it's one of the best running back seasons of all time. How can he not win the MVP? I just think he just it's overlooked by Rodgers and Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, if, if you go back to your, your point earlier, if this was Saquon Barkley or, or Ezekiel Elliott, one of those guys, it's, it's hands down, he's the unanimous <laughs> MVP. Absolutely. Um, but because it's, it's Derek who plays for the Tennessee Titans yeah. uh, in, in Little Nashville. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. All right. So moving on from that, um, hit on AJ Brown. We're very happy for him. Thousand yards. Um, again, back to back seasons. I know I am bummed. I know y'all are too for Corey Davis. A few bad drops in the first half, which ultimately led to him not getting a thousand yards, just 16 yards short of a thousand. Um, but he said after the game too that a lot was weighing on him. You know, he just lost his brother a few weeks ago. Um, and I think that had a lot to deal with it. Um, Sunday, and, Sunday was also his brother's birthday. Correct. Yep. And um, Rob Moore said that um, that game was just an anomaly for, for Corey. We know Corey doesn't have big, you know, I think he had back to back to back drops um, to start the game. Very unlike yeah. him. So uh, I'm still, well, always, I'll always be high on Corey Davis. Um, I still think the Titans find a way to re-sign him, bring him back. Somebody made an interesting point to me. I want to bring this up to y'all real quick. Do you think him not getting a thousand made his contract cheaper for the Titans? Nah. That's a good question. You don't, I don't think, so? think so? Maybe buy a mil or two, maybe a mil and a half. He didn't get a thousand yards. I mean, I, I definitely think that's something they can use against him in negotiations. I mean, you know, you've been here four years, you never topped a thousand yards. Sure. That um, part's fair, yeah. But I mean, when it comes down to it, I don't know that it's really going to make much of a difference. But, I mean, but they did know yards. this year that, yeah, they did know this year though too that, I mean, like other than those drops, he was going to have it. So I mean, like obviously you can't say, oh well, if you didn't catch those, if you did catch those, I mean, you can do that for any ball that's thrown to you. Yeah. But the fact that he was so close, I mean, he statistically wise, no, he was not a thousand yard receiver, but man, did he play like it? So I mean, he also, I think, I think he playing also, like it really plays into the contract. He also missed what one game for being on the COVID list, right? Yes. That yeah. Bills game, I believe. Yes, yeah, in Buffalo. So in that Bills game, game he too. probably he probably would have had, you know, a few as, a few dozen as, yards. Anyway. As good as the offense was that game too, he definitely would have hit it. For sure. Um but no, just all in all, Houston was a was a success. The Titans are AC South champions, and now you look forward to the playoffs. Um and, and with that being said, you get the Baltimore Ravens who Again. People are talking about the hottest team in the league. They've won five straight. Guys, have y'all looked to see who they played the last five games? Horrible teams. Exactly. So uh, their offense is playing better than what it did the first half of the season. I'll give them that. Uh, Lamar Jackson's playing a lot better. Uh, he's passing the ball um, a lot better. And uh, J.K. Dobbins is playing a lot better. So things to worry about. Their defense is um, better than um, – they played the first half of the season too. 
just I keep saying better, but the Ravens are just better than what we saw them. I think they're better. You know, they are. They're, they're a lot better. They're better than what we saw them. So Titans, you know, stole one too from from Baltimore that day. Um, that fourth quarter comeback. So, um, are are you nervous, boys? Like you know, yes. just from from what from what we've seen this defense throughout the year, I think it's going to come down to guys. And I think you know Lamar Jackson's kryptonite right now is the playoffs. But it's going to come down to Lamar Jackson against the Titans defense because we know what the Titans offense can do. So it's, it's it, this is it solely falls on this defense, which we have no faith in at the moment. You know, Titans automatically give me anxiety. So if we were favored by you know, <laughs> seven seven touchdowns in this game, I wouldn't feel comfortable. Um, but you know, when it when it comes down to it, I, I think Vrabel made a good point today. It's a whole new season, uh, and everything every one of those defensive players did this year is out the window. This sure. is, it, they're starting fresh. It's a fresh slate. And hopefully they really take that to heart because, you know, I think I think a lot of these players have probably been dwelling on some of the mistakes they made and, and those sort of things and really overanalyzing and overthinking uh, out there on the field. And I think Rashawn Evans is probably uh, one of the key guys to talk about with that is it really seems like uh, Rashawn had been pushing a lot and, and really overthinking some of the holes he was supposed to fill and those sort of things. Um and and I I probably you know I probably say the same thing for Kevin Byard. Uh, he it feels like he's trying to make up for other people's positions and and really screwing himself. Um, but you know hopefully those guys come into this game with a, a different mindset and and realize this is this is a whole new season. It's a fresh start. Uh, let's play better. Um, but no, I'm not comfortable, and I'll probably now never will be as long as the Titans exist, but. especially in the playoffs. Yeah, I'm I'm nervous every single game, honestly. No matter who we play, just because just because it's a football game, honestly. Yeah. But I I got two keys this week that, that I'm really looking out on, and they they both involve the defense. But, Wyatt Ray, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Tazar Skipper's uh, back. Hey, there you go. hey, 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 hey! We did have a multi game or multi sack game. So. Had a few sacks. Sunday. Had a few sacks. Could not believe that. Three, yeah. three, right? And it should have been four because the NFL is stupid and doesn't count. A quarterback running as a sack. Yeah, correct. Um, but all right, sorry, Brad. Go ahead. You're good. So, but my two keys is you have to keep Lamar Jackson and the entire offense inside the numbers. Yeah, you let them get outside those numbers, and you kind of let them arrange for and especially too because Hollywood Brown is so good at coming back off of his route and just finding a way to get open with his speed. That you have to keep them contained on the inside. Now you can't. I know, I know the cornerbacks and safeties are going to play 15 yards off the ball, and I don't know why they continue to do it. But if you if you're still going to play that far out, at least push it in instead of pushing them out towards the towards the sidelines. And then the other key I think for me is right now David Long to me is our best linebacker, but it's not really that close. I think that David Long against Mark Andrews across the middle of the field or or on the out routes that the that the tight ends have to run. If it comes to David Long being the linebacker that has to cover him, that is a huge thing to watch because we've seen Mark Andrews eat this defense alive before. So we know that Rashawn Evans is more of a run stopper than a pass guy. So it's going to come down to a guy like David Long having to step up and cover the middle of that defense when it comes to those 10 to 15 yard plays across the middle. I agree. And I think uh, you just got to find ways to make Lamar Jackson uncomfortable. Um if the defense can can get some turnovers like they did in Baltimore last year, um, that Kenny Vaccaro pick, the Kevin Byer pick, they just find ways um, to get ahead. We know that the Titans are better when they when they start, you know, with the lead. 
Got it. That's got to happen. Don't let the yeah. don't let the, the Ravens get the ball and go down and score, and you're down seven nothing. Because then, I think the Titans kind of hold their moods Monta. off. Yeah, yeah, the the energy's weird for them. Then uh, they feel like they're playing from behind. So I just think that the defense just needs to have some fun, like you said, Chris. And I think I think they I I think they'll play this way too. The first sixteen games are behind them. Yes, on paper you're one of the worst defense in the league, but to their eyes, dude, they could be the best in the playoffs. Their whole defense, you know, this defense could be the way the Titans make that Super Bowl run again. Um, we know the offense will be who they are. Um, very rarely this year they had they had their um, bad games, and even when they do have their bad games, their bad halves in the second half is when they come out and play and they ball. So, just got to come out with some energy, and um, it, it kind of makes me nervous, guys. If you guys are watching ESPN like I am all week. The Titans Ravens game is everywhere. It's, it's the it's the game. It's the game, and I yeah. cannot believe it. Just because I guess it's on, it's on Sunday, and that's going to be the most eyes. Um, it's on ABC and ESPN. ABC and Freeform. Don't and forget freeform. about Freeform. Yeah. Hey, I can't lie. I cannot wait to watch the uh, Saints Bears game on Nickelodeon. Oh man, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> Stoked about that yeah. one. Um, am a little upset that the uh, Bucks Washington game is the night game Saturday night. To totally be Colts it's, Ravens, it's Tom I think. Brady against Chase Young. That's why. I guess, but um, I'm excited, guys. I'm not. I'm not as confident as I was last year, but I, obviously, it's still the playoffs. You get a home playoff game. You just don't want this to be the last one. You don't want this yeah. to, to to work your ass especially off all the, year especially long. Especially the last time that you host a playoff game, Baltimore's the one that put you out as well. If you guys want to know an interesting stat, I saw um, Titans Ravens in the playoffs. When the Ravens come to Nashville, the Ravens are two and zero. When the Titans go to Baltimore, the Titans are two and zero. So, neither team has got a win on their home turf. So maybe this oh, is that's the time true because the they, they shut the Titans out a couple years ago, twenty-one nothing in the in that rainstorm. So, um, I'm just I'm I'm pumped. Um, before we go into a little side, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you guys something in a second. Let's go bowl predictions for Sunday. Are we all gonna say Titans win? For sure. Like, I mean, obviously, Brett, I don't think there's a podcast where we say Titans lose, for being honest. <laughs> We're just so damn biased. I don't think we've ever said that. Um, okay, I'm going to go with the Titans are going to force. Is it is it bold to say the Titans force two turnovers? No. Or no? Okay. So. Man. I, I, Titans are going to force two turnovers, though. I will say that. And then. They're gonna. They're okay. So the Ravens are the number one run team in the league. I think. I think it's one ninety one that they average or one ninety six. I'm gonna say that the Titans hold them to under one forty five and force two turnovers. That's pretty specific. That's what. That's what I'm going with. I like it. Um, all right, I'm gonna go for you, Chris. All eyes will be on Derrick Henry Sunday. Uh, the Ravens know. The country knows. That is the way the Titans win games. So. Therefore, the Titans will have two 100-yard receivers. Nice. I like that uh, one. You can go, I'm going to go Corey and AJ, obviously. But, <laughs> um, I, I've noticed, too, um, since Lawan has went down, John U. Smith has kind of been MIA. Done a lot of blocking. It's been a lot of Ferkshire, a lot of Jess Swain. Not a whole lot of, of, of John. He may get a catch or two every game, but he's not getting the workload as he once did. Guys, I think halfway through the season, if not before, he had eight touchdowns. Like, you're like, oh, this guy's a lot for the Pro Bowl. It just hadn't turned out that way. So, 
Um, we'd love to see John who kind of get some action, get him a touchdown. He's been known to score against the Ravens. So um, I'm going to go two, 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 two 100-yard receivers and a John who touchdown. And there's, there's I like that. Specific. I like that. So, Chris? It's a tough one. Um, very tough. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a two-parter as well. Um, I'm gonna say agree with Brett. I think the Titans forced two turnovers, but I'm gonna say Titans forced two interceptions uh, of Lamar. Uh, and with that, I think uh, the Titans also get three sacks. Back-to-back multi-sack games. Oh, you get crazy yeah. now, Chris. You get <laughs> real crazy, dog. Um, and, and, you know, it, I, I'm basing that on the fact that this is a new season, and I'm hoping that defense really realizes that. Uh, but also, um, the last defense to give up 36 passing touchdowns in a season was the Arizona Cardinals in 2008. And they made it to the Super Bowl. They did. Yeah. Uh, I, I think this this defense with the right mindset, and, and you know, I, I really think this, this team has the right head coach to instill a, a, the right mindset. Uh, with the right mindset, they can turn things around. That 08 Cardinals team, too, should have won the Super Bowl if it wasn't for yes. that great, yes. uh, you know, all-time catch by Centennial Holmes. But and that James Harrison touchdown. That James Harrison touchdown turned the whole game around. Legendary, dude. I, yeah. I, I love that. That was a great Super Bowl. It was I so need to good. Put a, I, I do want to put one contingency on because I hate this rule in the NFL. If the Titans stop Lamar Jackson – in the backfield, I'm counting that as one of my sack things. <laughs> that is the dumbest rule. If if a quarterback starts running, it's a it's not a sack anymore. Is that so stupid? Uh, is is that the rule, or is it when a defensive lineman pushes an offensive lineman into the quarterback? That's that's what they don't call a sack. Now, what if what if I don't know? There was there was a pretty too, clear though. sack the other day, and they said it was a a, a tackle a tackle for loss. And it was because it was because Deshaun started moving forward toward forward. the line of scrimmage. Okay. Right, so sense. so if Lamar if Lamar slides and gives himself up, but he's still behind the line of scrimmage, would that are they saying too that that's down? Attack, attack Sack, tackle. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Good question. Um, all right. So the reason I asked, I wanted to make this the last thing we talk about. Um, Super Bowl predictions. What you boys think? And we can't be biased here. I'm being biased. Be. I'm being biased. Oh, <laughs> I'm being biased. I love my boys to death. I'm going Chiefs Packers. That's the most realistic outcome you would think. Hope I'm wrong. Chiefs Packers. Yes, yes. But I, I'm gonna I think I'm gonna agree with you, Austin. Okay, Chiefs but Packers. question though. Who oh, I'm sorry, Chris. Go ahead. Go ahead with your no. Go real quick. no. I, I was clarifying. Are you saying Chiefs Packers? Yes. But my yeah. my question to y'all is: everybody's assuming that the Packers are the team that's coming out of the NFC. Now they there people have talked about the Chiefs can be beaten, the Titans can beat them, the Bills can beat them. People have said the Ravens can beat them. Those they've said these teams can get to the Super Bowl. But everybody's saying that it's Green Bay coming out of the NFC. What team in the NFC do y'all think? is the biggest threat to get past Green Bay and get to the Super Bowl? The Bucks. Do you? Really? Just their offense? The Bucks. Is Mike Evans going to be healthy? Or is that, is that, is that, yeah. Um, I have more faith in the Bucks than I do the Saints. What about Seattle? Are they a threat um, to you? 
They're a threat. For sure. I think Russell Wilson's always a threat in the playoffs. I just think, man, it, it, it's playoff time. It's Tom and Brady. It's Tom Brady. It's Tom time. Um, so Tom I could I could be way wrong. I, th- I think they'll be they'll beat Washington handily, yes. in my opinion. Um, and then I, I would have to go check the look the who gets who. Um, but the lowest seed would get the number one seed, which would get the Packers. Can y'all imagine Brady and the Bucks going to Lambeau? That, that is gonna be a fantastic game. So I'll say the Bucks. That's fair. That's totally fair. Chris, your Super Bowl prediction? Uh, I'm going to go Browns Bears. No, I'm just kidding. I'm about to say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm actually going to go a little contrary to something Austin just said. I'm saying uh, Titans, Titans Saints. I would love that. I would love I, that matchup. I think it'd be a really fun Super Bowl, honestly. Yeah. yeah. And I think you would catch all of us in Tampa Bay as well. Absolutely. For the game. For sure. For sure. Um, all right, boys. So the next time we talk, we'll be playing for the divisional round in, in Kansas City. In Kansas City, um, maybe who knows? Yeah. Um, it could uh, be one of the wild card teams could win. You never know. True. Um, true. Very true. Hopefully, it's Cleveland because, um, actually, man, I can't lie. I truly hope the Colts upset the Bills, the Steelers beat the Browns, the Titans beat the Ravens, because what's going to happen is the Colts go to Kansas City, the Titans go to Pittsburgh, and I would love to see the Steelers again. Love to see the Steelers again. So that is my hope. But um, again, stop what you're doing. Pause this real quick before you you get off here and close your app. Um, Follow us on Twitter at Second and Victory. Uh, Subscribe to the podcast. Um, We are brought to you by Broadway Sports Media and 440 Sports. Um, it's been fun. Happy New Year to y'all. For Chris Carter and Brett Batchelor, I am Austin Nelson. Tighten up. Tighten up.